What's up, horror fans? Kicking off the new season of Grey Matter with Scream 5. That's right, I'm saying Scream 5. I get how funny and ironic it is that we named the movie the same movie title and arguably is going to be just as popular as the original and cause even more confusion. Um, it's not quite meta, but it does play into what we know the Scream franchise likes to call out. So I get it. However, moving forward, it's going to be Scream 5 for me. There's certain rules to surviving. Believe me, I know. They always come back. The killer is a part of something in the past. This one just feels different. You're all in danger. Mom? Well, Sydney. I've seen this movie before. Not this movie. You said we were going to finish this. Go finish it, Sydney. Just a reminder for my returning listeners, and if you're new here, Grey Matter is not a review podcast. We go over theories or make-believe or just things we like to talk about from certain aspects of horror movies. So if you're looking for a review, I'm sure in the next couple weeks, days, months, years, people will be covering Scream 5 emphatically. However, I will not. We're just going to stick to the Easter eggs. And speaking of which, we're going to go ahead and get into it, starting with our first one, as you heard in the intro, uh, the directors of this film or the powers that be, whoever the music composer was, I should have looked that up beforehand, but I did not. So, oh, well, we're going to keep it moving, uh, chose to reuse Nick Cave, right red hand uh, title track for the Vince Schneider kill, or I guess I should have said Nick Cave in the bad seeds, red right hand. Uh, you do hear this when Cal Gallagher's character is being stalked by Ghostface outside of the bar pool hall area. And it was totally cool to get a little flashback of something that's very familiar to us. For those of you who have seen Scream 96 and uh, maybe newer fans who will go see this film and then go see the original, uh, it will harken back to you. That's it. We're getting to number two. Number two. I think it's pretty obvious and doesn't need much explanation, but Dylan Minnette's character, Wes Hicks, son of Judy Hicks, Sheriff Judy Hicks, is named clearly for Wes Craven, writer, director, horror mastermind in general, 
we wouldn't have the sequel without him. We wouldn't have plenty of other things in horror without him. And it really leads to a cute moment later in the film where after Wes Hicks is killed in the film, the kids honor him by taking a shot for him. And there's a banner that hangs in the kitchen. It says for Wes. Obviously, there's a double meaning there. So if you have something right now, take a shot for Wes. Number three, while we're talking about Wes Craven, I think it's very important to mention, like Freddy Krueger said, We return to Elm Street or a Elm Street. Uh, if you recall back when Judy Hicks is returning back to her home to save her son, Wes, there is a painting shot and we see the street sign Elm Street. Also, maybe who knows? This is the same street that Sydney possibly lived on as a teenager when she lived in Woodsboro. <laughs> Moving on to number four. In this entry of Scream, we're introduced to two new characters, Samantha and Tara Carpenter, estranged sisters reunited through this ghost face situation they are handling. Um, you may notice that their last name is Carpenter. It was very common for Wes Craven to incorporate John Carpenter or his films into his projects, most notably noticed in Scream when they're studying Halloween or Randy's studying Halloween, drunkenly so. But I think that there's one more thing that I see that they kind of did, and it was very refined in the way that you kind of hit with it. Uh, I didn't realize it right away, and then I had an aha moment later. Throughout the film, we find out that Sam Carpenter's biological father is Billy Loomis. Technically, that would make her name Samantha Loomis. However, she prefers to go by Sam. So then we have a Sam Loomis in the Scream franchise, technically. Um, I just thought that was really funny. I'm sure other people caught it and it's not just special to me. However, I thought it was very fun. Number five, we get Tatum's ashes, which we always knew that the first film was canon, but Tatum has never been mentioned again since she was uh, met her untimely demise in Scream 96. So it was kind of nice just to see Tatum's ashes in uh, Dewey's trailer uh, next to a picture he kept with him and Gail. Number six. Looks like Sidney Prescott got married. And not just married, although not officially confirmed in the film, I'm going to go with Scream 3's Mark Kincaid. Um, they say Mark several times, and it seems well known that Dewey and Gail both know Mark. So it makes me feel as though it has to be the same mark that the audience knows as well and that they have a couple of girls. So it was kind of nice touch. Who knows if we'll see him again later. I feel like bringing him back may not add anything because if you bring him back, you have to kill him. That would be the only point of bringing back legacy characters at this point is someone's got to die. We got to increase the stakes, which the movie calls out immensely. Dylan Minnette's character Wes Hicks gets its own Hitchcockian death that the movie calls out itself psycho death. However, it doesn't take place in a shower, right? We build the tension. Alpha Hitchcock was known for being the master of suspense and you do get your money's worth for this kill. Uh, Dylan Minnette's character 
walks through the house, gets dressed, sets the dinner table, checks the doors, goes into the pantry. And this whole time we're just building suspense, building suspense, uh, waiting for the jump scare to kick in. And when it does, it's kind of satisfying. I didn't expect the character to die myself uh, so early, but again, there are new rules. They have to up the stakes. Uh, two kills, broad daylight, chef's kiss. Number eight, last but not least, I'm sure there are more in the film. Let me know, get at me on Twitter. If you've seen them, call them out, let me know. I enjoy catching these things. However, most importantly, everyone, Scream 4 fans, Kirby is alive. There's a scene where Richie's watching uh, YouTube or their version of YouTube and the YouTubers are doing whatever and you see that on the screen. But if you look to the right hand side of the screen, uh, it will say a video titled interview with Wood Woodsboro survivor Kirby Reed. So there you have it, folks. Kirby's alive. We may get to see her again. I do not want to see her if it's played by any other character than Hayden. So there's that. However, Scream 4 fans, Kirby's alive. And that's going to do it for this episode of Grey Matter. Uh, shameless plug, Kill the Dead. We'll actually be reviewing Scream 5, so look out for that. And um, Happy New Year's, spooky people.